Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I am your host, Sean Marcelet. Thanks for joining us. So a few episodes ago, I believe it was episode 149, we had a conversation with Jill about moving out when you're blind. Um, And Nina and Acacia were with us for that episode, asking a lot of questions as they were preparing to move out and go to university. And guess what? They're in university now and they're back. And so is Jill. And we're going to talk about what it's like to go to university when you are blind or partially sighted and they have more questions. So welcome Jill, Acacia and Nina. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah. Okay. So maybe, you know, I know you guys and maybe people didn't listen to episode 149. If you didn't, you might want to listen to that. Uh, But if you don't have time to do that right now, let's introduce ourselves again. So maybe, um, I'd love for you to explain your level of vision and where you lived and where you moved to, since that's a big part of what we're talking about. Uh, So I'm Jill. I have retinopathy of prematurity. Um, So I used to be low vision and now I'm fully blind. Uh, And I grew up in uh, like Northeastern BC and small town called Dawson Creek. Um, And I moved down to the lower mainland, um, well, I was in Vancouver first, but now I'm currently in Burnaby. So roughly it's about a 15-hour drive, two-hour flight. So pretty pretty far. Um, and I am actually, um, I did both my bachelor's degree and my master's program um, in, at Simon Fraser University. And I'm actually in my last semester of my master's. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Hi. So I'm Acacia. Um, so I moved from the Okanagan which is in like the Southern interior of British Columbia to Victoria. And I'm now going to the university of Victoria. I, the last time when we did the podcast before, I believe I was sort of deciding whether to go to my local college or to go to UVic. And I wound up going to UVic. So yay. Um, Oh, I guess my level of vision. So I have ocular cutaneous albinism. Um, So I have low vision. I have trouble seeing distance, detail, especially when there's low contrast or glare. Awesome. So just for a frame of reference for our listeners outside of Canada, um, that would be like a five-hour drive and then an hour and a half ferry to get from where your parents are to where you are now, correct? Ish. It's a little bit less than that for a drive. Well, I guess driving on either end, it's it's about yeah. that, yeah. Okay. So not like they could just jump, hop over <laughs> if you no. need <laughs> All right. And Nina? Yeah, I'm Nina. I have a similar story. Um, I'm also visually impaired. I have Stargardt's disease, so I have no central vision. I also struggle to see distance and details and can't read most print and that kind of thing. Um, I also moved from the Okanagan, from Vernon, um, 
And Vernon's like a sort of a medium-sized town. I think our population's maybe 70-ish thousand. Um, and now I am in Vancouver. I'm going to UBC and I'm living in residence. Awesome. So how is it going? We are in week two of school. Like, yeah, I'm just dying to know how both of you are doing this semester in your new homes and new schools. Um, it's like, it's crazy. It's super weird, but it's also really cool. Um, I've only had two days of classes so far just because of the way my schedule is, but I'm a huge nerd and I got all excited <laughs> about being in the lecture halls and all that kind of thing. Um, it's kind of cool just being responsible for yourself and, you know, living in a place mm -hmm. where everyone else is going to school and doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it is, it's busy. It's very, very busy so far. Um, I've only had, well, I guess four days of classes now and I'm already swamped, but that's the bad part. The good part is that I'm learning like really cool stuff. Um, it's really amazing that I get to be independent here. Like I can actually move around to places on my own. I'm not constantly relying on other people. Um, it's been really amazing to just live somewhere new and make new friends. So yeah, it's been fun. That's great. Can I ask a question? Yeah, of course. What programs are you guys taking? I'm curious. I'm doing a Bachelor of Arts for nice. psychology, hopefully. I'm doing... Right now, it's a Bachelor of Fine Arts, but I'm not sure if I'm just going to have a Bachelor of Arts yet. Um, does it make a huge difference in writing? Oh, and yeah. then eventually, I want to get my B.Ed. and be a teacher. Nice. That's awesome. Cool. So I have a question. Um, how are you eating? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I lived on bagels when I lived in residence. <laughs> the I bagel ate a lot story. of bagels. Oh yeah, three dozen a week, baby. So uh, yeah, how are you guys eating? How are the how's the cooking going? Or do you have to cook? Or are you going to a cafeteria? So at UBC, with first year residents, there's a mandatory meal plan. Mm. So I've been eating all of my meals at the dining halls, which is, uh, it's not fantastic to be <laughs> honest. Yeah. Um. The food is not great. I really miss my mom's cooking. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's really stressful to like try and communicate what you want to people. And yes. like there's lots of options. Um, but it and is really nice. That I, yeah. But it is really nice that I don't have to cook. Mm -hmm. I um, also have the mandatory meal plan. So yay. Mm. Um it's cafeteria food, you know, but it's at least there's lots of options at UVic. Like, I don't know. I had a shawarma for the first time today. And like the other day I tried vegan tuna, which was interesting. Ooh. And like, there's lots of, at least there's lots of options. Some of them are not good, but you know, there's options. I've taken a lot of pictures of menus in the last couple of days because <laughs> it's not <laughs> super readable but um mm -hmm. there's that and you know you find find the good stuff like I found a place that makes good smoothies and whatever so Jill remind us when you first moved out well I know when you first moved out that was you were living in an apartment did you 
did you live in residence? I did. I lived in res for uh, two and a half years, roughly. And did you have to do the mandatory meal plan? Um, yeah. So it turns out every, well, at this point, it seems like every university is like first year's mandatory meal plan. But SFU had the option of um, either a five day or seven day meal plan, hmm. um, which, you know, being a poor university student on student loans, I went for the five day. I'm like, I can your fend- pockets yeah no, <laughs> i wish i'm just kidding i well we were allowed to take some things out of the dining hall with us um but it was like you can only really take fruit and it was kind of boring right so that's yeah. fine but um so i just did the five-day meal plan because most of the time like on the weekends i would like go out for dinner and stuff with friends or there was a grocery store in like the town yeah the town part of campus um so i just go get groceries for the weekend and or there's a Tim Hortons really close by, which was not, I mean, it was great, but not for my wallet. Um, <laughs> but the, cause for me, like I, at the time I used a cane and I found um, like, I couldn't see what stations were what. And like, I always had a really hard time carrying like a cafeteria tray and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, cause we had to have like our meal plans. You would just scan your car, like student card and get in the dining hall. Like, cause you had to pay each time. Right. Um, but the staff knew me and like, one of them would just kind of like guide me to like tell me what was available and they would help me carry the stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is great. But they also got, it was like a little bit of a condescending, annoying situation a lot of the times. Right. Yeah. They would just keep bringing me things that I didn't ask for and didn't want. <laughs> and then you feel kind of guilty, like feel bad because like they were nice and brought you this. And yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> super awkward. It worked out well enough though, honestly. Um yeah, and like we had kitchens in the dorms, but honestly, university students are not very clean or and really don't care and leave like the counters and dishes and stuff all dirty everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I am a little like, I can't, I can't do that. I, like, I need my kitchen to be clean or else I can't use it kind of thing. So I yeah. just avoided the communal kitchens because I couldn't do it. I could do it, but unwillingly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know we're going to get to Nina and Acacia asking Jill questions, but I have a couple more <laughs> for you guys. So um, Nina and Acacia, what's your roommate situation like? Mm. Like, how are people reacting to the visually impaired person in the dorm? How's that going? That was really nerve wracking for me. I remember the yeah. whole like, how am I going to tell people and when am I going to tell people? And I don't want it to be like this big thing, but yeah. <laughs> so how are you navigating that? So it's really difficult for me because I don't carry around my cane. And so there is a lot of that awkward conversation of like, oh, uh, by the way, I can't see you. Like, I'm not being rude if I'm not waving back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm used to that part. Um, and for every person that I've met is really normal about it, you know, as they should be. Um, I also don't have a roommate the way my rooms work, like in the building that I'm in. We have single connected rooms. So, It's like two single rooms and then we share a bathroom Hmm. and I just told my bathroom mate like when I met her and it wasn't a big deal really. Um, So I have a single room too. I have to say I'm very jealous of the sharing a bathroom with one person thing because we have like four bathrooms on our whole floor but um, it's it's not bad though. Um, 
like the first couple days I felt kind of self-conscious walking around with my cane because it's like that kind of sidewalk that makes so much noise mm-hmm. um but then I was kind of like I'm walking through the bus loop a lot I really don't want to get hit by a car it's quite bright here I can't really see so I was just kind of like whatever and you know it's been fine like no one's I guess I wouldn't know but I don't think anyone's looked at me weird or anything I felt good about telling people like classmates and like you know I've gone and talked to my professors and whatever and people have all been really good like I was downtown with friends yesterday and they walked me to the bus stop and they tried to which one to get on and it was nice oh that's a good question did either of you do you have friends that are at the same university or living in the same residence from home so I didn't um but a really amazing thing happened um the day before I moved in I had posted a thing on my Instagram story and the location was UBC and a girl that I was friends with in middle school replied to it and she was like, oh my gosh, Nina, are you going to UBC? And I'm like, yes, are you going? She's like, yes, I don't know anyone either. So thankfully we reconnected. um, And then since then, I've made other friends as well. That's great. I didn't know anyone coming from home. Um, I know like, I mean, another like blind beginnings youth leader lives in Victoria. So they're who I'm friends with. So there's that. But um, I didn't know anyone going to the school or whatever. Like I knew of a couple people, if that makes sense, like people I'd mm-hmm. never met that were like family friends and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, no, I've, I've met people since coming though. Awesome. Ah, I just love it. I love that it's going well for you guys. That's great. Okay. I'm going to stop asking my questions and let you ask Jill your questions because you guys have some good ones. So take it away. So how did you deal with orientating yourself to the campus, like finding buildings and that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, so I like, I think kind of, I mentioned a little bit in like the previous podcast we were all part of that when I moved down here, to the lower mainland I um I got connected to like an amazing O&M Deborah Leg, another shout out because <laughs> I can um so she had worked with other students previously um up at SFU so she um like uh, she kind of showed me the main things um so you know like here's the library here's like the dining hall from your dorm building um which they've now torn down so that's fun but like, and then here's like the student services building and like the center for accessible learning, for example. And here's like the kind of main layout of, we call it like the AQ or the academic quadrangle, which is like a gigantic big square building with all a bunch of other buildings branching off where all the like um, lecture halls and classrooms are. So she showed me like kind of the basics and described like, because the, there's a whole town part of campus as well. So she like, we walked around there a little bit and like, um SFU kind of has two different bus loops so she you know she explained all of that and showed me and explained to me like this bus goes here and this is the one you're gonna want and blah 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 um but like other than that like it was you know like that was super helpful but finding like individual classes and everything I like I had no idea because like I mean like both of your guys' schools SFU is also quite large um 
and like all these random building names that like you've never heard of before and like oh my god this random number in this random place um so um sfu actually has what are called volunteer walkers um so they're like other students who volunteer to help walk you to class if you need it um so i would at least when i first started before i kind of like had any solid friends i would kind of set that up with um with the center for accessible learning um at least usually for the maybe the first two weeks roughly until i could kind of learn like the the route the classroom and i would you know is sometimes the students were awkward sometimes they were fine but i would kind of like ask them questions as we were walking and i like perfect like they offered to guide me but i wanted to use my cane so i could learn the route um because I don't know, I kind of get tired of having to like rely on people and I just want to do it myself. Um, so that's kind of how I tackled that. And then later on, um, when I made a couple of really good friends and one really good friend in, in dorms, um, she just offered to help me. And like we had a couple of classes together and stuff or I would eventually, like if I had classes with friends, we'd meet at like the bus loop and um, you know we'd walk to class together and get a coffee and it kind of formed into friendships because of it sometimes. Um, so it's kind of a weird combination of like, like traditional O and M, like the weird volunteer walker position thing, and then just friends, and then also just me being like I'm bored. Let's go for a walk and get lost and find a new cool place to hang out. <laughs> so, yeah, that was kind of a combo of things, but that's how I mostly did that. Did you ever use Google Maps? Um, <laughs> no. Ironically, I really struggle with um, GPS mainly because like go north, and I have no idea what direction that is. Um, I used it a little bit in the town part of our campus. Um, it was like the, the main, like the top bus loop, and then like there's all the stores and shops and stuff like surrounding it, and you can kind of go into like the academic buildings as well from there. So that part, um, the G GPS could work a little bit better there. Um, I, I don't know about now because I haven't really had to use it through like the actual like academic buildings, but I know um, sometimes when it's not like a kind of a traditional like street and sidewalk scenario. Um, GPSs can't always like the satellites can't really go through like the ceilings and all the concrete and stuff. So sometimes it like it can't pick up where you are and help you, especially when you're inside like a big building. Um, I really wish it could because that would have been so helpful. Um, but I definitely did use it a, quite a, like a little bit in the town part. Um, just a little like I found Apple Maps way more helpful than Google Maps personally. I've heard that actually, which I was quite surprised about. For walking really directions, that. yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I should really try that over Google Maps. Because Google Maps likes to tell me to go the wrong direction a lot of the times. That's probably why I don't trust them. <laughs> but. And the other thing is, I, I know for myself, I don't really use GPS unless I'm lost. But mm -hmm. when I'm lost, I'm kind of stressed out about being yeah. lost. And that's not a good time to start <laughs> trying to use an app that you're not familiar with. <laughs> That is very true. I'm actually like literally the same way. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. <laughs> okay. So was there a difference to how people reacted to your blindness in college versus high school? Like yes and no. And like no in the sense where like both in high school and in university, you always get the people who are like really awkward and uncomfortable and like either like run away from you or like try to like way overly help you, like help you um which you know both are really annoying but also yes in the sense where like everyone's there because they want to be there like in high school you're there because you kind of have to be 
more or less. Um, and usually you're grumpy about it. But like at university, everyone's there because they made the choice to be there. So everyone's generally like, a little bit more, well, a little more happy about it. Um, and I find they're like, a little, well, you know, a little more grown up um, and like a, just a little more like, genuine. And even if they are, like, it's funny, like, even if they are awkward when you ask for help, like, they still try to not show it and like actually help you, which is nice. Um, but I also found it just a lot easier to, to make friends in university, especially because like if you meet a friend in like um, in a lecture or in a tutorial, because a lot of times you get paired, at least in my programs, you get paired up a lot to do like, you know, have discussions on the topic or whatever. So you end up like making friends because you're taking the same classes, you're in the same program. And then you, you know, you kind of find that you have other interests and you go from there. Um, like I still have a friend that where like every time we used to get coffee and go for, to class all the time and we still like text each other whenever we get that type of coffee. And that was like four years ago. Um, but people are genuinely a little bit more open and like want to be there. So it makes it easier to like make friends and people just tend to be more adult about it and treat you more sim- like more similar than they do in high school. So it kind of depends, like, you know, I, I had the cane with me all the time, so it kind of, like, made me stand out a little bit more. Um, and sometimes that was good, sometimes that was bad. So sometimes it helps or hinders, depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But now I have the dog, so she helps a lot with making friends because <laughs> everybody loves dogs, and she is very friendly. So that helped a lot, too, actually, when I got the, like, transition to the dog. Um, it definitely made, like, kind of broke the ice a lot because if people were awkward about the blind thing then like oh look kiki's cute and then it would just like break the ice and everyone would be chill so were there any steps that you took to ensure that you were included in any social activities that you wanted to participate in like clubs or just like Mm. stuff going on around campus yeah um so i got really involved in our we have like a big rock rock like indoor rock wall um that i love rock climbing Ever since I went to camp, I love rock climbing, um, and I really wanted to do it. And but I wasn't sure, like, because I like I can't like belay myself, so I have to have like a staff belay me. Um, and there's like a certain, like they're belaying other people, and I didn't want to take up any extra space or time. So I would actually just like the way to kind of that I handled that to be a little more like included and not feel so like you know out of places. I would just usually I would call ahead, um, and just kind of explain like, hey, I'm visually impaired. Like I am coming, like I want to come climbing on this day, this time. Um, this is how it works, like how it would work. And I usually would just show up, and then like they got to know me after a while. Um, and like they were kind of, it helps that I called ahead, and they were kind of like a little bit prepared for me. Um, because then they could like, like describe stuff, or if I was taking a break, like they would blame someone else, and it kind of went pretty smoothly that way. Um, so I just found like, and I also joined for a little bit, like especially during like we had like welcome weeks or welcome week for the first week of classes and stuff. Um, so any event like that, that I participated in, um, I would just kind of, I found personally for myself, just like kind of calling ahead or like talking to the organizer ahead of time and just explaining like I'm visually impaired. Like if we're, you know, walking on campus or we're going to a certain place to meet at, like I might need help to get there or, you know, like if whatever we're doing. Um, so I honestly just would, contact them ahead of time and explain and usually it worked out pretty well um so yeah that's kind of the main thing I did for any kind of like social thing like that 
So how did you find the transition from living at home to being completely on your own? Because it's also very sudden. Like you kind of get dropped off and then (laughs) that's it. So yeah, (laughs) how was that? Yeah, I, um, I, it definitely was difficult because, um, like, it was like dorms are just such a different, like, atmosphere and like feel, like, vibe all together compared to like an apartment or just being back home or anything. Um, and I, like, something I found that I really struggled with that, like, you know, like it took a lot to adjust to was, um, like, when I was living at home, you know, my mom would clean the kitchen and bathroom or the house, really. So I knew everything was going to be clean. And, like, stuff was going to be in the same spot, and, like, it would it'd be cool. But in, like, moving to residence, like, I, you know, you couldn't really, I couldn't rely on other people to, like, do this, you know, the same mm-hmm. in return. Um, and I'm a, a bit of, like, a, I don't know if clean freak's the right term, but we're going to go for it. Um, <laughs> I like things to be clean and organized, and, like, I don't like my hands being dirty, so I don't like, you know, but, like, being fully blind, you have to touch things to find things um and then people would leave messes that yes. i would find or like <laughs> someone spilled like liquid laundry detergent all over the top of the washing machines and i didn't know mm. i literally put like my keys and like my cane and everything except for right. the actual laundry on top of the soap and it was a disgusting horrible mess and i was really mad um so that was definitely like my biggest um the biggest struggle i found with residents and like moving like that transition was just the cleanliness aspect of it um because like it just it's not definitely not the same um and I think also like because at home you know everyone and then like going to university especially if you don't know if like any friends have like gone to that university or anything like that with you like kind of where you don't know literally know anyone it's like oh my god I am here by myself and there's no people that I know and there's all these people around you and it's noisy and chaotic but you don't really know what's actually happening and like, you know, you always kind of worry you're going to make friends or people are going to be weird about the blind thing or not. Like, you know, are they going to see like, oh, you're annoying because you need help, not because you're just a genuine human who actually needs help. Like, those are the biggest struggles for me, um, especially the first like few months, I guess you could say. Um, but you because you're so busy with school, you really quickly like get into your own kind of like routine. Um, and then things kind of like, I don't know, I found things just kind of fell into place pretty quickly. Like, you get into routine, you make friends, you, like, meet up for coffee or whatever. Like, the transition got a lot easier the more that you, you know, were just going on with your day-to-day routine of classes and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, it definitely gets a lot easier. Um, yeah. Right, so, yeah. Yeah, it's a big adjustment. I feel like, I mean, it was a long time ago for me, but I remember... <laughs> you want like before my parents left, I, you know, it's like, have I thought of every question that I might need to know, you know, like, Oh crap, mm. I got to do laundry and we forgot to look at the machines and our, you mm. know, how do I use them or whatever, yeah. like just things like that. You had to sort of plan ahead. Oh, I don't know where I can buy a chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> right? the closest it's store? You know, the important things. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're lucky now because we have like you know like every phone has like a like a FaceTime or like video conferencing. Yes, so yes. I like I was lucky in that like that's I especially like you were saying Sean if you forgot to like ask your parents a question or like mm-hmm. you realize like 
a week later, oh, I really wish I would have got them to show me that. Yeah. Like, hey, mom, <laughs> can you describe what this looks like or what I'm looking like, whatever I'm looking for? Oh, yeah. Um, FaceTime's so great. Pretty lucky in that sense. Like, they're, you know, mm-hmm. it just, and it, sometimes you don't want to ask a random person to like describe you something or for or something. Or the roommate so- that you're hoping to become friends with that you maybe don't. I don't know. I know for me, I I wanted to prove my mm. capabilities. Of course, this has been an issue for me my whole life, but <laughs> I <laughs> I didn't want them to feel that I would be a burden or yeah. too much work, right? So yeah. I was like, I got to figure out a way to figure it out myself. And, yeah. and they didn't mind, of course, and they were all super nice and it was fine, but yeah. it was me. I had the issue. <laughs> and another thing that I found really helpful um, is especially in dorms you make you get to know like your resident advisors or whatever your school calls them I think that's what we call ours mm-hmm. um because I, I can't remember if every floor has one or like I forget not entirely remember how it goes but I got like ours would kind of stop by the first like maybe day or two of like move in and like they'd introduce themselves and stuff especially because they knew that I like I think they were told ahead of time that there was a visually impaired student living in the dorms I don't know who told them that that info because I guess they kind of need to know but I found so getting to know them was pretty helpful even on the just like a basic level because that's their job is to help you with things in residence if you need it um but I actually also made or I'm not gonna make friends but I got to know that like um the people in the re- like the the office like the residence office like the staff there who like you know plan out who's in what room and so like, I got to know them really well. So if I ever was like confused or didn't know where something was or how to access something, um, and if I didn't, you know, want to make myself stand out with the other students, I could go to the staff and that was their job. So I felt a little more, sometimes just a bit more comfortable with that. So that's also another kind of resource you could tap into if you needed to. Did you feel prepared for the coursework? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yes and no. I, um, in high school, my like vision teacher kind of took care of all the tech stuff and like the, what formats I should have my stuff in. So I didn't feel prepared to like, because when I, you have that first kind of initial meeting with um, the people at like the disability center or we call it center for accessible learning or Cal, um, when you get connected to like your caseworker and you have, like at least at SFU, we have an accommodations meeting and then every semester you do like accommodations renewal. So all like, you know, like note takers or, um, like access aids for visual stuff or whatever it was um like I remember the first meeting they're like okay so like what do you need I'm like what isn't that your job to tell me like I was I had no idea um and then my guy was super cool and went through like everything that was available to me um and they kind of based it off your like your disability I guess so like you know like I could have a note taker if I wanted um I could have all the powerpoint slides um sent to me ahead of time like stuff like that so, um, like, I didn't feel prepared in that way to know what accommodations I really needed or that would be useful to me. Um, I learned pretty quickly what was and wasn't useful. Um, and in terms of, I think what I struggled the most with in university, and honestly all through university because I'm a little bit of a procrastinator, um, I really struggled with keeping up with the readings because I did a very reading and writing heavy program. So I did like a communication major publishing minor and then masters of publishing so a lot of reading and writing and we would have like three to six readings a week per class 
And if I was in like three or four classes, that's a lot of readings. And they were like 10 to 20 pages. It's a lot. Um, so that was what I struggled with the most um, that I did not feel prepared for because in high school, like you kind of just reading a textbook here and there, like you're not really required to read a whole book well, unless you're in English kind of thing. Right. So mm-hmm. I really struggled with the reading part, um, but I knew that I was like a strong writer. Um, so that part was fine. And that, but like it really depended on the class, what I was prepared for and not too, because like um, with my university, you have to have so many credits of like math and sciences and that kind of stuff. So like I had to do classes and um, get credits and stuff that I was not actually interested in. So that made it a little bit more of a struggle to be like, I don't know how to prepare for math. Like, what are you talking about? I didn't choose to do this class. I have to do it. Um, so, but I like you quickly again like get into the routine and like kind of the groove of things and you learn you know like pretty quickly how much time you're going to need for like each reading and how many times like how much time you're going to need for to study for this exam or to write this paper or do research for this paper or whatever um so even if like I didn't feel very prepared like at the start I very quickly you know learned how to get prepared and learned how long things would take me and every semester that got easier and easier um it was definitely again like a pretty big transition from high school academics to university academics um but yeah no like I think I was most underprepared underprepared unprepared um for all the readings in my program and then like figuring out like initially what accommodations I wanted slash needed um but again it all trust me when I say and I promise I mean this like wholeheartedly it gets easier every semester you do so Mm -hmm. yeah I remember when I started, I thought I was going to record the lectures and oh, listen yeah. to them later. Yeah. yeah. No, Never did you that. do mm-hmm. not have time <laughs> no. <laughs> to sit through a class a Ugh. second time. Basically. No. no. Yeah. That's actually get, very true. Get good at note taking. I feel like when you learn how to take notes and mm-hmm. what's important and you know what you, you kind of learn each instructor and, and- yeah. A lot of places offer um, note takers now. So they're like another student in the class who volunteers and they get like a certain, like, I think at least as a few, they get a certain credit towards like the university bookstore for like their textbooks and stuff. So they get like a little bit of like a, it's kind of like a payment, but kind of not traditional payment. Um, So And like most people don't like, they would just share their, like they're taking notes anyway. So like, sure, I'll just share them with you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I found that really helpful helpful because I have a really hard time listening to the teacher talk and typing because I like I ha- with my screen reader I like the audio feedback but mm-hmm. having a computer talk in one ear and a prof in the other is really confusing to me um so I personally found like a note taker a lot easier and it's nice that that's an option so mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to take like any of the accommodations or anything that's offered to you like don't be afraid to do it because it will make your life easy and university is a lot, especially your first semester, let alone first year. So like, don't be like, you know, don't be afraid to take what accommodations are offered. So I was actually planning to ask about readings because Mm -hmm. it is something that I was not prepared for Mm. at all. Um, And I guess we should explain for anyone who doesn't know, Basically, in university, most of the work is actually outside of class time. <laughs> yep. And Very true. they will give you readings for a lot of classes. So sometimes it's textbooks, sometimes it's articles. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's a lot of words that you need to get through. 
<laughs> before class starts and it's all mm -hmm. the time. Um, and I'm wondering like, what kind of tips do you have? Because I'm taking very content heavy courses. Mm. I have a lot of readings to get through yeah. and sighted people are able to like skim through their yeah. readings, you know, yes. oh. just get the idea, but we can't do that. Like mm. I have to listen to every paragraph. So yeah. So, so something that I did for that is I, so because I needed my, um, often a lot of the articles that the profs would upload were in like a PDF format or a format that was not accessible um, with my screen reader. So I, um, the disability center or like Cal in our terms, um, they have a transcript, they had a, um, like a, a contract kind of thing with the library where they would send the library articles to tr like transcribe into accessible formats for us. Um, not every school does that. We were apparently unique in that situation. Um, so like, I think the biggest tip is like, talk to your, um, like your caseworker at the disability center and like, you know, cause they're, they usually will talk to your um, professors on your behalf to let them know you have good visually impaired student in your class. Here's their accommodations. And the profs actually have to sign off on those accommodations to make sure they've actually acknowledged it. Um, so what I ended up doing is every semester when I um, would have that kind of initial accommodations renewal meeting with my advisor, I was very, very clear. Like I could not have been more clear that I need all my readings at least a week in advance of this, that actual, like that week's class. Um, no later than five days before the class, because like you said, like there's a lot of readings and like we can't skim like a sighted person. So like I would need the readings with enough time to actually read them, especially when there's multiple. So I um, made it part of my accommodation that I would get the readings at least five days to a week ahead of the class time to have enough time to read all of the readings. Um, that was a big thing that I did um, because I got really fed up with always being behind on readings. Um, another thing that I found kind of helpful, especially when you're first reading like an article or textbook or whatever you're reading, a lot of the time you can navigate um, by headings. So like the chapter is usually broken up into different like sections or headings or whatever. So that is... Um, a screen reader person user is like a way of skimming. So then you at least because each like heading within the article or chapter gives you enough information in its title to tell you what it's about. Um, so at least you can kind of skim up a little bit or skim down by headings a bit just to kind of get the initial like context of the article or the reading. Um, and also depending on like how you're like how they're set, the readings are set up, a lot of them. Um, might have like a summary or abstract, um, which is like an abstract is just a basic summary. It's a fancy way of saying summary. Um, so then it tells you what the paper is about and it's like kind of basic findings and stuff. Um, so I found reading that first also really helped. Um, and like you can navigate using like, you know, like line by line with a screen reader. So I found like you kind of get into like a rhythm of where you can kind of navigate line by line and like, you'll start to pick out the important parts um, just go kind of by going line by line. Cause like readings, so much of what's in it is just fillers to make it look all fancy and sound all, you know, academic and fancy. Um, you don't need to listen to every single little word. If you like kind of go 
carefully line by line you can kind of like pick out the important parts after like a little bit of practice doing it I used to listen while doing other things like to be efficient so while I was eating or while I was um deciding what I was going to wear that day or (laughs) (laughs) tidying up my room or folding laundry or I mean I still I'm that I'm always reading while I do other things, but it's totally a time saver. It's just hard when it's, it's harder when it's jaws nattering on at you uh, versus like an audio book, but that does. Yeah. If you can find ways to multitask it's, Mm -hmm. and yeah, if you don't read every word, like I think it's really important to pay attention to the lectures because what they Mm -hmm. talk about in class is the thing that is usually the most important thing. So yeah. reviewing your notes, like, mm-hmm. did I read every single reading of every single course? No, I didn't. <laughs> Never. <Nope. laughs> you do for like the first couple of weeks and then you like, you get kind of swamped just with like actual assignments up. and it's so yeah. hard to keep up. Yeah. Um, also, it's going to sound really funny, but I highly recommend never reading in bed because you will fall asleep yeah. because they're very <laughs> boring readings. Always try and sit up at a, your desk or whatever you got going on. Mm-hmm. I made that mistake way too many times. And then, you know, you waste two hours that you could have actually been productive <laughs> doing the readings. Yeah. Um, and I never yeah. pulled an all-nighter. I would. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Because I, I get useless after, I don't know, 11. Oh. So <laughs> I would wake up at four in the morning instead mm, right. and, and just go for it really, really early. So, it, yeah, yeah, that's actually a good point. Another really thing, I, a good, good thing I found is I got really bored of being in the same room all the time. Um, so, like, go study at the library. Go find, like, a really cool, you know, favorite little coffee shop that you love. Even go to the dining hall. Like, our dining hall, you could stay for as long as you wanted and eat and drink as much as you wanted as long as you, like, initially paid. Um, you know, go find a cool little spot outside at, like, a table or under a tree or something you know, kind of cliche like that, (laughs) Um, that like just kind of, I found like a change of scenery, change of pace, change of sound, like kind of woke me up in a way. Um, Mm. And also I, you know, I developed a bad coffee habit during university. So that was unfortunate and good (laughs) because it kept me awake to do the readings. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Are there any things that you wish you would have learned before moving out and like going to university? And if so, what are they? Um, what would I like to learn? I I think I would have liked to learn maybe a little bit more of how to just, I don't know how I would have done that, but like kind of just learned to put myself in more like social situations. I was a couple years older than most of the people in my dorm and in my classes because I had a bit of a weird start to my university career. I went to like two different colleges before university. So I was a couple years older than most of the people I was around, which at the time felt very obvious to me and to them. Um, so so I, after, like I mentioned, like kind of the welcome day or welcome week stuff and like the climbing wall and the, like, I didn't really do a lot of social things um, because I always felt like a little bit uncomfortable. I never really knew how to put myself in a social situation. So I just like always kind of knew that I like, felt that I, oh, I'm just going to need more help and it's going to be annoying for everyone. And I would just avoid it rather than actually just like sucking it up and putting myself out there a little bit more. Like I was very social in my tutorials and made friends that way. Um, but like even in the dining hall or like at a coffee shop or somewhere where you like 
you know, or even like if you're clubs or something like, I mean, SFU is a little weird. They offer a lot of clubs, but the clubs never actually last long. It's really weird that way. SFU is weird in that way. Um, and trust me, it's definitely an SFU thing. <laughs> but I, so I think like, I don't, that was just one thing I really wish I would have learned how to do a bit more is just like be more comfortable in a social situation and just like, I mean, I'm very confident and comfortable with like my visual impairment now, but at the time I'm like, like, cause back home, like everybody knows in a way that you have a visual impairment and they like, for the most part, you know, you've gone to school with these people for what, 12 mm-hmm. years or something. It's very like now, like nobody really knows you. Nobody really knows your, like, your visual impairment or how much you can see and like that kind of thing. That was definitely like, I think that'd be my biggest thing. And also just learning um, you know, like just having good ONM and like even before, just like, you know, when you're home and you're, you know, can you cross the street independently by yourself? Can you take a bus by yourself? Um, can you order like do you know how are you comfortable ordering like a coffee at a coffee shop? I talk about a coffee a lot. Um like, <laughs> things like that. You can tell what I did in school. We're gonna um, offer a yeah. prize to the person who has counted how many times Jill said coffee. Uh, it's so true though. Um, but yeah, like I think just like you know, learning how to do those kind of those different kind of things independently before you go or like that's something I kinda wish I would have been better at. And -hmm. even just like learning, like, you know, if I like, okay, so I go into this restaurant or whatever, and I can't read the menu. Like, okay, what do I do now? Because I like can't take a photo of the menu. I don't have like my family there to read me the menu. It's not like the same five restaurants in my hometown where you already know everything on the menu. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, just like having to be comfortable asking like the staff, like, oh, like what's, you know, what, what do you have in the baked goods section today or whatever? Like, a lot of so I guess what I'm saying is a lot of my things that I wish I would have known are a lot more just like kind of social social things or like independence related things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, like yes, exactly, yeah. Like I was okay at it, but I definitely got a lot better at it going through university. Um, and again, just like um, again, like knowing your accommod- like what accommodations you want, because like, like I said before, that's something I didn't know, and I really wish I would have known because I felt kind of stupid not knowing what I wanted to, like what I needed um and like you know I'm like oh I'm like wasting their time they have to go through all this with me I should already know so like definitely just knowing what accommodations you want and like what formats you want your readings in and you know like when you do an exam are you going to need a scribe is there a certain type of laptop you prefer over another one like stuff like that um that would definitely be a, that's a really big one for for me as well yeah, I'm with you on the joining more activities and getting like mm-hmm. I, I was so uh yeah, I wish I could do a do yeah, right. man. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, me too. I really yeah. would have put myself out there a lot more now mm-hmm. than I did then. So Yeah, same. Uh, yeah. So it happens lot, when you though. grow up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Like you're adjusting to so much. It's a huge, 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 huge step. So Yeah. But be yeah. really proud of the fact that you did it. Yeah. Regardless of the transition, how hard it might seem right now. Like, mm-hmm. be really proud of yourselves for taking that step and doing that, especially moving like a significant ways away, like you guys did. Like, yeah. it's, it's a lot and it's scary, but be really proud that you did that. And, like, you know, it, and it gets will get easier. I promise it gets so much easier, I swear. Yeah. So and I can say that I've been in school for like nine years, which is horrible. <laughs> it's a long time, but I swear it gets easier every semester. So, 
Well, thanks you guys. Thanks to all of you. Thanks for the great questions. Thanks for sharing about this new adventure that you're on. Thank you, Jill, for all your wise advice. <laughs> and yeah, this has been really great. Awesome. And good luck. Yeah. I'm good excited luck. to see how you guys are, how you're making out Yeah, later on. We'll have to have you back. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.